0: On the drive, pull up jumper. It's Isaiah Thomas gives the Celtics the lead with 2.4 remaining. Pierce puts it up for the win. Knocks it down. Celtics
1: win. Here comes Powell. Powell with smart defending. Oh, it's blocked by Smart. What a play. In. Tatum takes it. Makes it. Welcome, everybody, to the Celtics Double Take Podcast. Dylan McCaffrey and James Kwan here again today. The Boston Celtics are back to 500, 17-17, sitting at the sixth seed, half a game back of the New York Knicks. Uh, this week we took losses to the Mavs and Hawks. We managed to beat the Pacers and Wizards. First things first, though, as always, we got to break down just our best and worst takeaways from the last week. And, James, you can go first.
0: I mean, not a lot of great takeaways when you're just sitting at 500. Not really satisfied with that, but – um Hey, Kemba, that's that's going to be my takeaway. He looks a little better. I feel like he's getting into some kind of rhythm. You know, it's not like he's stringing together, like, these 30-point games. But he he sprinkles in great games and has, like, serviceable, still shooting below 500, but, you know, still being a, being a playmaker in some kind of way or, like, making an impact on the court. That's a huge step up from what he was before. So that's going to be my best takeaway this week. Now, we lost to the Hawks again. And I don't care, like – until we beat them again and even at that point it's just like it's still it still hurts i i don't know it, it this one was just kind of like a statement loss i feel like it took like those wins against the pacers and the wizards to kind of get that taste on my mouth but like i can't believe it i can't believe it and we lost in the craziest way but um yeah you, you get into your best and worst
1: Hawks game was a nightmare. That was like, I felt (laughs) sick watching that game and we'll we'll get there. We get there. My best is also Kemba because Kemba, he, he looks serviceable. He won us a game this week, which is the first time I think that's happened. We can say this year. Mm -hmm. And you're right. He's not, he's not putting it together a 30 point streak or he's not shooting above 50%. But instead of he's not going one of 12 from three, he's not shooting us out of the game. He he impacted winning this week and that is a huge improvement from so far this season. So props to Kemba. We hate on him a lot. So I wanted to definitely both of us props to Kemba. Thank you, Kemba. Uh, The worst for me this week was there was a lot to pick from, but I chose Aaron Naismith because we watched him (laughs) play 22 minutes and take zero shots and that was actually the last game that he was given like regular minutes, like yeah. for a two week period, we gave him like 25 minutes a game. And finally in a loss by three points, he played 22 minutes, didn't take a shot. That was the sign that, okay, he's not ready. And so my worst is him and props to Brad for finally giving
0: him the best. I, I guess. I mean, we'll talk about like his performances more when we talk about the games, but yeah, I mean, he's clearly not ready. Um, I, I, I don't know what, like, I guess Brad just really wanted to reward his work ethic, but I mean, this is this isn't high school ball.
1: So, if you're looking at Pritchard and Naismith to like be a solution for off the bench scoring, Naismith has just proven that he's not capable of it yet. And Pritchard, like as much as I love Pritchard, he's not like being the guy we can rely on for for our sixth man for our, our fourth score. Yeah, I think
0: that was more than we thought. he Like we never that was not the expectation. I think we got to remember that.
1: No, but like when we were, we, we were getting excited about like, let's, let's start sitting Kemba and let Pritchard take over. And I think that Pritchard, when he gives us a good game, it's noticeable. And when he doesn't, it's, it's, it blends in a little more, but I think that I just wanted to acknowledge that Pritchard is, he's not the, he's not the immediate solution to any yeah, problem. Yeah, it hasn't
0: been the same after the injury, you know, but True. that, that, that looks scary.
1: That looks scary. So
0: who knows where he's at?
1: Let's jump right into the Mavs game. That one hurt. That one hurt because mm-hmm. I, it, it went the way that it always goes, where we're 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 losing this lead and we're losing this game that it was so winnable. And then we were down eleven points with three minutes left, and we come back and tie it, and we take a lead at the end of the game. Like I, 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 it was a game that we've seen so many times this season, just go so poorly and we lose. And in that game, we fought all the way back and took the lead, and Luca just put 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 a knife in our hearts.
0: Yeah, dude, we just got chitched. Like that's all that happens. And, you know, it feels, it looks awesome when it's happening to someone else, but when it's your team, you feel like there's really nothing you can do. When he starts taking over late in the game, I mean, that's why I I don't take, I don't mark this as a terrible loss. Uh, It was definitely a winnable game, but what are you going to do? I mean, this is a generational type guy that just kind of, you know, when he flips the switch, it's not like we're different from any other team. We can't really do anything to stop that. And on top of that, it's, that's why I feel like we didn't really choke the game away, you know? I think we played a solid game. Now, this is like, this is just another example of how like opponents point guards kind of burn us. Like Jalen Brunson, like 22 points off the bench, backup point guard. And it's purely just because Kemba and uh, like as much as he's kind of picked up in the offensive end, he's still just this guy who like people like Jalen Brunson or Sadiq Bey are going to have field days against. And we're going to have to take that, you know, to the chin when we face teams
1: like the Mavs. Someone this week told me that they would rather have Luka than Brown and Tatum. And that was a really tough thing to hear and swallow because right now they might be right. If you surround Brown and Tatum with the proper talent, then they're definitely the duo you want to take. But if you just have to like build your team around them, Luka is proving that like he can put up 40 and also just make his whole team way better. Whereas Tatum and Brown, I don't think that they made their teammates much better this game. I want to pull out a bunch of numbers here. So bear with me. Tatum, Brown, and Kemba were 30 of 62 combined. So they shot almost 50% together. They Mm -hmm. scored a ton of points together. And, you know, they're taking all the shots, which is what you want from your best three players. The rest of our team was 13 for 24. Seven players combined were 13 to 24, including Naismith, 22 minutes, zero shots taken. But just the idea that three players are averaging 20 shots this game and our other seven players averaged three shots apiece this game. If this is the plan, which it is, our best three players... Kemba Brown Tatum have to be like better than the other team every night because no one, on a, no one, none of the rest of our team is putting it on themselves to create shots or taking it on themselves. When Javante green goes out there and scores, it's because he's on a fast break. He's catching a dunk when it's semi, he's catching yeah. and shooting. And it's just very highlighted. Like we don't have anyone other than these three guys. that's let's get to touch the ball. And it's how we take a loss. Yeah.
0: Well, he, well, here's two things like, you know, for one, uh, this is not going to be the case for the entire year. Like having Marcus smart back is just, it's like kind of like in baseball where you get you like one of these starting pitchers back and you're just like the absence of him means so much more than the presence of him, even because if he's not that like transcendent guy, it's still like another guy in the rotation helps this that much. And that's what Marcus smart is. I mean, at the end of the day, when he, he comes back, we're just like a different team we're not like a majorly different team, but we're definitely a different team. So this isn't going to be the case forever. There's going to be a guy in the second unit. That's going to be able to make plays, get guys like semi-open, get guys like Javante green involved in the transition. So it's not like this is forever, but yeah, I mean, I got to say like not having the firepower is like a discussion. That's pretty old. And it's not, it's not a discussion we've had to have in a very, in a very long time. And it's kind of a crazy problem to have. It's, that's why it's scary that you, you know you look at Jalen Brown Tatum as team guys and like eventually like if we're getting sick of talking about it they're getting sick of thinking about it and dealing with it so yeah. it's just something to keep in mind
1: I think something to think about just because in terms of like we obviously know Tatum Brown and Kemba are our best three players they're just taking all the shots but that's our game plan like our game plan is that three of our players take more than two-thirds of our shots and when we play teams like the Mavs or the Hawks and they have seven guys deep. They're getting 10 points a piece. Like just like, I, I think it's flawed the way we come into these games and, and we, we, we play ISO ball. Like it, it's literally ISO ball with three people, whoever gets to have the turn. And. Well, I
0: mean, yeah, it's also a minutes thing, right? Like it's also like minutes distribution. Like uh, we're going to go into it, but like the, there's no consistency here. It's not like, I think we've developed if we try to develop like three of these bench guys, just giving the opportunities to need like Robert Williams, Pritchard, and uh, take your pick of Semi Ogilvy or Grant Williams or whatever. If you worked on them and actually gave them prominent minutes over the rest, at, you know maybe they would have found a little bit more of an identity. But I mean, I, that's the other thing. It's like, this is a, in my opinion, this is a totally fixable team. I think a lot of teams would trade spots with us if they could.
1: I agree. And you're right. If we have like a regular season, we can keep you know Naismith and certain guys in the G League to develop more. Then that'd be the better place for them because it does it does hurt you when you know your Grant Williams or your Carson Edwards or your Aaron Naismith and for a week you get twenty minutes plus and then the next week you get nothing and you get subbed into a game to try and prove something again. They've really had to deal with a lot. Yeah. And you know blame it on us the me- like the people in the media just like calling for Brad Stevens to come up with a new idea every every single game, but also keep everything the same. Um, it's been juggling a lot on this team. Uh, Are you ready to get into the Hawks game? I I mean, I guess, I guess. I
0: I think it's someone that needs the most attention.
1: This is one of our worst games. Like, just, just, we needed so badly to have a redemption game against the Hawks. And it was so terribly bad. Tatum and Brown score 30 points combined, 10 to 36 shooting. Um, Carson, Tremont, and Naismith, like, all got points, but they were all garbage time points. This is, like, a perfect example of, like, if our system falls apart, there's no... There's no second option. If it's if Brown's not scoring and Tatum's not scoring, we just lost the game in the first quarter.
0: I mean, yeah, and I think it goes again. It goes back to the point. I think that minutes distribution, like here, it, listen, when Tatum's, you know, he shoots four for twenty, uh, it's not, it's not like it's gonna be very hard to win that game. Like he's try, he's, he's supposed to be your best player, but putting that uh, combined with playing Jeff Teague thirty minutes and starting him. It's like, for what? It, it, are you trying to, like, get the, the Jeff Teague redemption game? Like, Jeff Teague is in bad blood with the Hawks, and, and he's going to come back with some, like, a vengeance. Like, I don't see, like, any justifiable reason why he plays this game um, the way he does. And it, it also, I don't know, it, it, it highlights, like, the, again, once, like, Brad Stevens is kind of just, like, wh- where is the consistency? I, I just want to know, like, what his strategy is. I I'm also not going to pass the buck. Tatum and Brown um I've noticed recently I don't think they're giving enough on the defensive end. I've I've noticed some blowbys. Danilo Gallinari 38 points in this game. Yep. I mean that 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 has, that has to be the best you've seen Gallinari in, in your life, right? I
1: mean, we played against him last week and he was lit, he lit us up twice last week like he, <laughs> he he keeps doing it to us.
0: Yeah. And and that's the thing. It's like who's defending this guy on the wing? Who's going to be that like Big forward type, you know, guy who's probably playing the four, like it's it's Tatum and Brown and in most of our lineups. So this is this is like this this is the kind of guy, like these wing guys that that are gonna give us like
1: a threat on any given night. Like if these guys
0: don't step up in the defensive end, of course you're gonna
1: get torched. Absolutely. And I think that, yeah, the blame in this game is on Tatum and Brown because they're our best players and they play badly. And, you know, you, t- you take it as a lesson that the rest of our team is weak, but we've been learning that all season. Tatum and Brown, after the Mavs game, like, I think you have to take a lesson from looking at a guy like Luka and the way that he gets his teammates open shots and gets them to, to lift each other up. And if Brown and Tatum are having a bad game and that's just a loss every time, like, we really need them to be extremely good to ever win anything and go anywhere if they can find a way to have a bad shooting night, but still make players better, like how Jimmy Butler does, like then they're going to, they're going to take it to the next level. I think that maybe that's where the next level is for them. Because you say like, who's a better, just like pure scorer Tatum or Luca. It's a close argument, but who's making their teammates better and playing harder. I think everyone's taking Luca. So yeah. we keep looking to Brown and Tatum to like ascend. Cause they kept like ascending and ascending, like in their skill level. And I think the next barrier isn't just like getting better at, their handles and driving by people i think that the next level of ascension is like elite defense and elite playmaking ability and getting guys open is i guess that's the next step for them
0: yeah i mean like in like literally just as presidents like 2000 late 2000s basketball you know early 2010s it was about scores like it was like who like it was kobe bryant it was, it was guys who could just get you the bucket like tim duncan Nowadays it's all about the playmaker. That's why people like LeBron and Luca are just gonna reign supreme in this league as like quote unquote the best players. Um, and guys like Dam as well. Like, if you're just a great scorer, like you can only go so far. That's why the argument of like Tatum and Brown, like how are they not better? It's like, well, like you said, you know, in, in that in the offensive way, like they haven't developed into the players that they can be. And if both of those just both those guys can learn to pass the ball in the way that even like Julius Randle, the step he took this year in like learning how to pass, learning how to be involved in other ways, it's a whole different team. This team is completely different, and it doesn't matter who we build around because it's it, can you hit open threes and are you a rim runner? Can you can you dunk it? Yeah. you? That's what it's gonna be. Now I think this goes into this little segment. I kind of want to shake things up, catch you with something up, by surprise. It's a little right. game, but it's 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 simple. It's are these players better than Tatum? That's the game. And I think we need to, because this season, I think, has highlighted the the, the the last missing piece of Tatum's offensive game, which is playmaking, which is a huge piece to, to put in. I think it's worth mentioning some players who I feel like have stepped up this season. I'm talking about who is better than Tatum this season, and we're going to start with Bradley Beal.
1: Bradley Beal this season, they have a worse record than us but I got to say that Bradley Beal is having a better season than Tatum for sure. Like he's, he's an all-star starter, like outright. Like he, he's probably a top two scorer. He's a, he's a top two scorer in the NBA.
0: Like right now, not potential. Who's the better player right now? Is it, is it Bradley Beal or is it Jason Tatum?
1: It's a hard question to answer and better player right now, like this week, Bradley Beal. Yeah,
0: no, no, no. I, I think it's respectable. You're just gonna go a lot of crap about it.
1: I, I, I if you're I gonna ask me who I want for a career or who I think yeah, is like yeah, genuinely better, it's a different question. But like, who, who's He's better who's right better now. To, Who's better today? Yeah. It's, it's, it's Brad. It's Brad Beal. All right, Donovan like, Mitchell. Donovan Mitchell right now is better than Tatum.
0: Over oh, two. Zion Williamson.
1: I'll I
0: don't give, know if you watched. I don't know if you watched the Pelicans lately, but that, this guy's unbelievable.
1: The thing is, I think that if anyone is not is like worse at playmaking than Tatum, it's it's Zion. Like if if we're talking about like who's making their teammates better, I think that it's at least neck and neck. If Tatum's not better, so I'll go I'll go Tatum on this one. I know that Zion's shooting ridiculous numbers and he's having a good year, but yeah, I'll I'll take Tatum at this moment.
0: It's a health thing too. Yeah, Um, this one I know you're gonna feel poorly about, but Zach Levine.
1: Honestly, no, give me, give me, give me still Tatum over Zach. Zach His shot is so pretty. His game is so pretty, but I'm still taking Tatum.
0: Yeah. I think, I think Tatum's like take care of the ball a little bit more too. And this is the last one. This is just a heartbreaker, but I think, I think we need to ask a question. Kyrie Irving.
1: Kyrie Irving is doing better right now than Jason Tatum.
0: It kind of he's, hurts, he's, and I don't want to digress a too much, but it kind of hurts thinking about what this team would have
1: been if he stayed. Kyrie mouthed off this week about like I, he might be right, making a good point. But I just saw that he was like tweeting about like racism in in Europe and America, and I just. Whether he's right or wrong, the headache of him and his his mood swings being off my team, it's 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 too high of a price to take him back. So I don't wonder what it's like to what it would be like if we had Kyrie. I wonder what it would be like if we had IT. But everyone knew that already. That's fair. I mean, it's it's
0: a good question to ask because I think Tatum for in, in our eyes is like we like it's hard to imagine a list of players we would want more than him on our team. Like it's really important for us to keep him in the future. Like we don't want to give him up. But like we also have to keep ourselves honest, and because that's the thing, the expectation might be a little too high. Like we look at these at these games, and you know maybe we're expecting a little too much, too too soon.
1: Well, I think that you know we have a bad record, so you, it's it's hard to say that Tatum's better than these guys. But you have to just like also consider that we are a pretty bad team, and he's making a bad team five hundred. And I don't know if you can say like, oh, like he's not having a good enough season. We should be better or if you're saying like this team is really terrible, it's like miraculous that we're, where are we at? It's hard to get a gauge on that because we've had so much inconsistency with our lineups and everything. Um, yeah. Tatum. Tatum has like, again, like against the wizards, like he, he's getting us the buckets, the end of games to win games. And like he had that game winner against the bucks early in the year. So he's had some like late game heroics that I also think elevate him above a guy like Levine or Williamson, but most of the games when we're going down the final stretch and they're playing ISO, it, it doesn't, it doesn't go our way necessarily, um, against the Pacers it did. And yep. uh, if you're ready to move into that, we can, uh, yeah, got understand. a shout out. My boy, Daniel Tice comes back from injury, 17 points. I appreciate, appreciate that from him. Rob are, we,
0: are we just going to ignore that, uh, Kemba Walker out rebounded Tice in the Mavs game?
1: I was going to ignore it, but <laughs> there it is. <laughs> uh tice was able to put up numbers for us he he hit the dagger at the end of the game that was something <laughs> yeah uh, kemba has uh, uh yeah kemba has a great game that night 32 from kemba and 10 of 19 kemba's best game of the year for sure especially with tatum puts up nine points that night tatum and brown combined yep. for 24 and kemba carries us robert williams 14 and 11 great game from him that's all we need if if the three starters can put up you know 60 points and then just at least two bench guys also play like their NBA players. We find a way to win games. Yeah. I mean, that's what's been happening for
0: us in the past, like few years, but uh, yeah, this is another, not, we're trying to, we're not trying to harp on Tatum. This is not the anti Tatum podcast. We love Tatum, but this was another bad Tatum game. Um, And it was a wacky game. This is, this is the Kemba's redemption. This was like Kemba. Like when, when all else fails, when there seems to be no hope, like this, this forgotten hero, like it, it, and the thing is, is that like it's not it wasn't just like oh Kemba had a great game. It was like there are multiple moments within the game that if Kemba doesn't step up the way he did, like does, we don't even have a shot. There was some yeah. like multiple gut, like pacers have our heart in their palms about to rip it out of our chest moments. And Kemba Walker came through for us. And that is something that we're not used to seeing. This is this is a like a part of why that this trend, even though again, he's not shooting the ball particularly well. This is like a part of it. It's like, all right, just have a few of these games, and you completely justify like you being a part of this big three. Now, Neesmith basically doesn't play this game. I, you yep. know, if it's if it's like call it a coincidence. I, I just want to call out, you know, some of our friends who are just like trying to give Neesmith a pass. He's horrible. Like, dude, he's, he's not ready. I, I don't want to tell you. Like, I don't hate the kid, but like, it's both ends of the court. Like, like offensively, he just looks terrified and he's he, i thought he shook it but he hasn't he still shits his pants every time he's on the wing gets the ball defensively he's getting like torched by guys like Doug McDermott just like it's it's his fault luka hit
1: that shot i don't care it's yeah you, i mean he played bad it's, defense
0: it's just like he he doesn't seem prepared so it's just like you know again i'm going to go back to minutes but like i mean we played 14 people in the in the hawks loss now robert william 14 11 i mean that it's is a great game and i think that's why that's so important listen Tice had a good scoring game and he's capable of that. But we've we talked about it a million times. Like, is it what we need? I would rather have Tice have a 14 and 11 kind of game against a guy like Sabonis, against guys like Miles Turner. Like, if you can have 14, 11 games against these, the, basically, I mean, close to the cream of the crop in terms of Eastern Conference big men, it really is only Embiid that you would, you know, you would put above guys like this. It's like, that's all. Like, 11 rebounds against that. I'm, I'm pretty impressed and that's that's what we need not even
1: a ton of minutes like he's no per 36 he's even better
0: yeah so i mean i I think it's just a combination of like like you said guys on the bench like stepping up but i think it's it was super encouraging because tatum and brown having a bad game is just an absolute like disaster and Mm -hmm. we survived it against a really good team who is also kind of struggling so we'll you know we'll see what the pacers what they do and
1: how they figure themselves out I think that Robert Williams is developing into our franchise center. Like every, he's looked so much better this year and every uh, month that passes, I like so him more. Slow well, and doesn't... I still, that's, I, that's what I'm like. I still think that he can be like our, a figure piece center on our team. We still need a stretch four that can like, pr- like play defense inside and hit threes. Like we still need whatever that piece is because every team nowadays has that and we have no solution for it whenever we come across it. Um, but Robert Williams I've been more more excited about. He's a guy that like, I definitely don't want to trade anymore unless it's going to make us a lot better. Um, and then just to tie in Kemba, Kemba didn't play in the Hawks game. So Kemba played in the Mavs game and then went straight into the Pacers game. And those games kind of had the same through line. At the end of the Mavs game, when we were down 11, Kemba hit like an and one three and it was like a ridiculous three and then hit another three. And he like kind of brought us back like by himself. And I was like, is this the game where we stopped losing it in the last two minutes? Is this the game where Kemba brings us back? And with five seconds left, I thought that it was, and then Luka hits the shot and we lose. But in the Pacers game, Kemba, having not played against the Hawks, he's coming off that tough loss against the Mavs. And Kemba has his best game of the year. And when a night with Teddy McBrown playing bad, he carries us. So me saying Kemba is the best thing for this week was because of this great win we had against the Pacers. We yep. almost blew it. like we, Like we usually do. We almost blew this game. They, at one point, had a chance to tie the game with an open three in the corner with about 40 seconds left. And they missed it, and we won. But we did have a lead that we potentially could have blown. So it's not all. It's not it all. It was a back
0: and forth game,
1: though. Yeah. No, it's true. And the Pacers are deep, quite deep. They are. They're good. Um, that's what I got for the Pacers. If you want to move into the Wizards, because I have similar things to say about each of them, honestly. Now, I think the Wizards game, though, that's like it was a more
0: like climatic. Like it was just like this. It was more dramatic, and yeah. I think that. it it means a little bit more than people are going to think on the outside. Like you're looking at a win against the wizards. The wizards recently have been hot. Um, And this is a team that we know is underperforming, even, even like with some of the holes they have, like if you have Russell Westbrook and Bradley Beal, you should be making the playoffs in the Eastern conference. Like uh, unless Westbrook is not the player that he's, he's hyped up to be, which, you know, somebody has been saying for a very long time, but if, if he is the player that people are saying, then, this is a good team and they've been playing more like their act lately. And I think that us coming up big in the the end of this game, like it's it's just a stepping stone in like our confidence going forward that like we don't choke the big game that we can, like, we kind of came back in in, in that last 40 seconds. And I think it feels good to like steal one, be the, be the one who like thieves the game away.
1: I like watching that the last five minutes of that game was getting so down on myself. Like I can't believe this is (laughs) happening, like happening again. And, you know, we have no Brown that night. I don't know if it was the arthritis or whatever it is, but Tatum comes up big, 31 points. Like you need him to. Kemba has a great game. Daniel Tice has a great game, a 20 piece from Tice doing it again. Um, And no one else on the team has more than eight points. So that's another just, I think, just, you know, uh, par for the course of this team. I want to look at like a guy like Javante Green he he gets he takes five shots four or five gets eight points and his impact on a team is just like catching fast breaks and like maybe some catch-and-shoot shoot threes but everyone on this bench other than those guys their job is just like either catch and shoot or fast break or just play defense so I'm glad that we were able to pull out a win shorthanded that night without Brown um, 33
0: minutes for Javante this game thirty three sta- minutes
1: he started because like why not like let's just start Javante start Nathan, it doesn't matter
0: it's like well like at the end of the day like Javante I think is a little bit worse but it, the Javante semi-ogile Grant Williams fiasco is like is certainly like a, like something that needs to be figured out because they're all in this category of just like bleh like it's like a eh, like sure like we'll take them but you know teams usually have like one or two of these guys so, yeah, coming out with like a coming out winning a game where Javante Green had to play 33 minutes just because we had holes in our roster is definitely a blessing. Um, Tatum takes over this game, which is kind of vintage now, it feels like, because I don't feel like he's done this since that Clippers game last year where he hits a step back on Paul George. I don't think he's really taken over a game like, no, last five possessions, like it's it's me, like I also I think really that's like- a new.
1: I really like how he's adjusted and it's no longer just dribble, 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 step back three from 40 feet. Like all of those plays he was getting in and yeah. crazy ridiculous finishes on the layups. And cause that's his, that's his thing. Like you get him at the rim, his arms are so long that he can get up and then just kind of float it over you. In the last five minutes of that game, it was tied with five minutes left. Bradley Beal starts going off like bucket after bucket. I think he hit an ammo yeah. three in that stretch. Uh, we, we make it look so hard for ourselves. Sammy hit a three that made it closer and Eventually, uh, later in the game, with like a minute left, Bradley Beale is going ISO. I thought he was going to ice it. He passes out to Russell Westbrook in the corner. Low IQ pass from Bradley Beale, giving it to, to Russ there, and Russ bricked it. Um, the inbound play was so stupid when Tatum throws it. Like Tatum is inbounding. Of course, like Brad's being so cute that Tatum is the yeah. inbounder, our best player. And we almost fumbled everything away in that moment. But we were able to, to get the ball back into Tatum's hands. And Thank God, Bradley Beal missed that shot at the end of the game. Remember, he was yeah. doubled, and he's just like yeah. nowhere to Hits go. With back it. Rim. He fluxed back rim. Like that was like a Luca moment all over again. My heart would have sunk, and just thank God we got to win that night.
0: Yeah, I mean, this was—it's kind of a must-win for both these teams. Like the Wizards are trying to make some kind of comeback for like this 10th seed, to just get into like the plane or whatever. And I think I it's pretty noble. It. No, I because they watch. have been playing a lot better. This, this team. As playing a lot better. I think that they're they're figuring out like how, what you know, in what ways are they just going to ride the coattails of Bradley on Westbrook? Guys like Bertans, like I feel like, are finally being integrated in some kind of logical way. And it's kind of a hard team to deal with. I think we did a good job. Neesmith Smith doesn't play, we win. I, I don't know if, if it's coincidence. I don't, I don't know what it is, but I think that when we when we kind of shave down how we're how we're putting the minutes out, I think this I think I got to figure it out. Between Semi Grant and Javante, if we give one of those guys big minutes, it doesn't really matter. They're going to produce something kind of similar. Like, and you know, for the most part, they're going to do like I think again, I think Javante is a little bit worse, but very comparable performance. If you keep the rest like of those minutes distributed like in some kind of logical way, you're not giving 14 guys minutes. Like you're just kind of like focusing of your efforts there. Then you give some DMPs out to guys like Neesmith or Grant or anyone else but you get this like game where people off the bench are kind of coming up in some moments. People like semi come off the bench and hit that huge three. That's probably semi's like biggest shot this year. Um, and like, I think that's a product of like, all right, semi, we're not going to throw you off the cliff. We're going to give you a solid 25 tonight. And like, that's what you're going to get. Like you got to work with that, but you know, you're going to get that.
1: Totally. I know it's not like a broken record, but Carson Edwards, I think can be a great piece for us off the bench. I know it was garbage time, but he came in in the Hawks game and he can get to the rim and finish at the rim. Like he gets up more than people think. Like that James Harden dunk has lived on uh, when he dunked on James Harden. He he can get up and finish high around the rim, which is really underrated and something that we don't have a lot of on our team. I just think that if you play Naismith 22 minutes and he takes zero shots, like at one point you just say, Carson, like scoring is what he does and we need scoring. So if you give him 15, 20 minutes and he gets to take seven shots or eight shots. I think that he'd provide something. And I understood it earlier in the year when it's like Carson really hasn't proven anything. And we have a lot of other guys on this team that need to get in the rotation. But now that we're at this point, 34 games in the season's about halfway done a little more than halfway done. I believe.
0: I don't think, I don't think totally.
1: Cause we're 34 games in and there's going to be, there's 72 games instead of 22 this year. So we're, we're almost halfway through. Um, so at almost the halfway point in the season, we've seen what we're going to get from Naismith or from T or from these other guys. I just wish that Carson would get his week of getting 20 minutes a night. Naismith gets a week, Grant gets a week, give Carson like four or five games and give him minutes and see what happens. I mean, I, I
0: here here's why I agree with you. I agree that he has potential. I agree that he has much potential than Naismith. If he's getting minutes, then Carson should be, but I want as many DNPs as possible on this roster. And when we shave it down, like it's what the most he's gonna get is like those like is like seven or eight minutes that maybe Jeff T would get, and like at the end of the day, like Brad's like his mindset's probably like I want to win now. Would go to guys a lot more experience, so that's kind of how things shake out for him. It's it's a tough bit, you know. If, if he had the G League, I think it, that'd be a lot better for him too. But yeah. Uh, it's it's in some way it's a good problem to have if managed properly. And unfortunately, I don't know if he makes the DNP cut for, for this team just right now, but who knows we got some games coming up. I think that he matches up a little bit better against like some certain opponents.
1: Yeah. Um, We're playing the Clippers on Tuesday. I love playing the Clippers. Honestly, they're like like some Mm. of the most fun games of the year, every year. Um, So I'm looking forward to this Clippers game. Just, I think it's a really fun matchup to have Brown and Tatum versus Kawhi and Paul George, because it's kind of like a current dynasty versus future dynasty situation. Yep. And whenever we beat them, it's always just a really fulfilling feeling like this proven champion and this proven, like all NBA all-star, our young guys are giving it to them. So I'm excited for that. The Raptors game. Um, we're, we're close to the Raptors in the standings now. So it's going to be a really important game to win before the all-star break to hopefully get some confidence in there. And then the all-star break is a whole nother monster, but um, rappers and clippers, We'd, we'd hate to go into the all-star break 17 and 19. So hopefully we can be at least 18 and 18 at the end of this week.
0: Much needed all-star break. I think like it comes at the best time for us. I think we really turned things around. Um, yeah, we got to finish out strong. Uh, I think that the Clippers game, uh, we kind of just got like a taste because we didn't have, I believe, uh, Jalen Brown. And, yeah, they didn't uh, the, have. The Clippers didn't have Paul George. Right. Um, I think that th- that takes away an element of the game. Um, I just wish that we were completely healthy because I think that we're not going to be really be able to take away fully what we're going to get. Uh, but I think it's certainly, I think we come with the win. I think it's certainly like a statement win. The Raptors game, this is a, this is a team that uh, like we need to kind of look after because they started so horribly and it just, they were in such a big of a funk that no one thought that they were going to dig themselves out of that hole. And now they yeah they have an even record, I believe, or a little bit above it. And that's like what we need to look at is this like like they figured it out like we're more talented than them. We can figure it out. Raptors, I'm pretty sure, have one of the best records like in like the last month. Uh, That's something that we could totally do. So yeah, going to the All-Star break, like it's, I think either way, how we finish, it's just going to be a huge reset button moment. I think it needs to be.
1: Absolutely. And the actual, actually the actual like All-Star weekend itself, um, it's going to be weird. They shouldn't have done it. Like I Mm. heard what Adam Silver said where he was like, the all-star game is like by far and away, like our most impressioned event, like yeah. the amount of billions of impressions that it has on social media and just around the world. He was like internationally and just like from the standpoint of the NBA, it is our biggest event. And so if we can try to do it, we should do it. And I hear that. I think the players should be a little more on board because they're getting paid all this money, but it really makes no sense to to bring all of the best players together for a meaningless game amongst a pandemic.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I really do feel like something's going to come out of this. Something definitely has to come out of this. Um, and it's going to be one of Silver's worst moments if something does. Uh, if, like, our best 10 players in the league all get COVID at the same weekend, it would be bad. And it'd be awesome. a bad look. It'd be a bad look. But I think it's going to do, what, you know, whatever it takes to, like, kind of handle that. Now, focus on, like, the actual game who got selected and all this. Um, I'm just glad that Sabonis... He snuck in there because the whole KD in injury, but like what a disrespect. I think he's been the first like month and a half of, of this season. He's like a top three player. Uh, and then he, he, you know, things start to tail off. The Pacers have some identity issues, but like, he's still so good. And I think that in the year, he's doing everything that Jokic is doing.
1: No, absolutely. Uh, I bet that he gets picked last in the draft. I think the draft is on Thursday. <laughs> yeah. That's my, my, my early bet. I think that the first pick in the second round is going to be Dame. And I think that uh, the last pick in the whole thing is going to be Sabonis. That's my, that's my early prediction. If you want to bet on anything for this weekend, Um, I
0: agree.
1: I'm taking Tatum in the three point contest or the skills contest, whatever he gets into, because he's getting into one of them. Um, I think it's going to be a weird day, but I'll be excited as a fan to watch it. And the fact that we're having like the three point and the skills challenge at halftime or whatever they said they're doing um It'll be a fun four hours, at least.
0: How how late can like players opt out? You think? I feel like some some players could totally opt out still.
1: That would be like, funny if there's like a little mutiny, like right before like LeBron's. Like actually, I like I'd like to have a weekend off. Like thank you. No I thanks.
0: feel like uh I don't know anything's possible. You know I think I don't think this game is a hundred percent just like going to happen. Like I feel like there's like when still, Kyrie Irving's involved, you know that. Yeah, like there, something can something can come out of this, but. I, and in any sense, like, like it, it feels weird like us having Brown and Tatum. I, I think like something needs to be said about that. Like, feel like we don't deserve it or what? It just seems a little unfair. I, I think like whether the games like played, we get to see Jalen Brown like actually, you know, get his moment or whatever. I just feel like either way, it feels a little, it feels a little weird. And I, I just think that a team that's five hundred. And severely underperforming, it's like you get two of them in there. It's just like you're taking away from some of these guys. And that's
1: kind of what happened with Sabonis. I think Sabonis and Vucevic both earned it and, you know, both did deserve it. That's what Mike Gorman was saying. Mike Gorman's like the all-star game is perfect for Tatum and Brown because what they do is just like play isolation basketball, like trying to look, look really good. And so, yeah, if you if you want the guys that are going to look really good in an all-star game, it's Brown and Tatum. But if you want the guys that have impacted winning the most and have good records, then you'd go for someone else. Yes. I I think that's one of my
0: big takeaways with it. It was like,
1: I'm glad it happened and glad we got these
0: guys in. Um, But it feels a little weird. It feels a little weird. I think that looking forward, just like post all-star break, like run is like, it's a story in a lot of these like championship teams that are like kind of mediocre. Like it's a, it's a huge, like make or break moment. So that's why like, I don't, I'm not, I'm not like disinterested in these next two games. I think they matter in some kind of way but I'm really looking forward to seeing like how, like when all it does is settled, like we're going to have to do something. We're going to have to like plant some kind of like statement, a few statement games together. I think that's going to be the season kind of right there and then.
1: Absolutely. Um, we better come out of this all-star break, just firing on more cylinders. We better come out of this all-star break, like looking at some serious trades to make us into contenders. Um, hopefully we're going into it at least at 500. Um, but yeah, that's gonna do it for us this week. at double take Celtics. You can subscribe on iTunes at Celtics Double Take, or go find Double Take on YouTube. Extra credit, you can follow at the Double Take Show on Instagram. James, any last words today? Uh, man,
0: you know, it's a little off topic, but with COVID numbers, man? They're looking a little promising for the first time. Everyone, keep doing your job. Uh, I'm, I'm looking forward. I, I think that things
1: are finally going in like a positive direction, which is a, it's a crazy thing to say. We, we're not going to have fans of the All-Star Game. The NBA Finals, I want full stadiums. So we got to keep this up. I love <laughs> at least,
0: it. dude, give, give, me, give me baseball at least. Give me baseball at least.
1: At least. All right, go Celtics. We'll see you next week. Enjoy the All-Star Game.